Today's date is July 28th, 2023, and this is episode 32. Hi, punks. Going to school, huh? Yeah. Why don't you play fish hooky and come fishing with us? Yeah, boy. They're sure biting. Get thee behind me, Satan, and don't push. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Now Jesus went to the desert 40 nights and 40 days When he got tired and hungry His father he would pray But the devil came to Jesus Said if you want to be fed Why don't you turn these big old worthless stones to bread Get behind me Satan Jesus said get behind me Satan Jesus said get away from me Satan Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil came to Jesus through the temple of on top. And he said, if you are the son of God, the father is a golden drop. For the scripture says that angels will slow you falling down. And they'll gently put your feet back on the ground. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil gave to Jesus, doing mountaintop to show all the cities and the nations and the kingdoms here below and the devil keep told jesus you can have all that you see if you will just bow down and worship me get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan jesus said get away from me satan jesus said you don't tempt the lord our god get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, he said, don't tempt the Lord thy God. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this is an official Godcast. It is Friday and we're back just like we are every Friday. Thank God it's Friday. We are here bringing the good news. My name is Ron Johnston and I am here with Flightworks Mary tonight giving her testimony. Our special guest, Tammy, you know her as Sweet Tea. We're so happy she's here with us tonight. Mary, what is going on? How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Ron? So far, so good. The night's early. Yeah, that's right. I'm excited about uh, hearing Tam's testimony tonight. So, and I'm doing too. it by remote tonight. Yes, you I'm, are. You're not in your normal spot. Where are you? No, I am in Slayton, Minnesota, about three hours away from my home. And I'm visiting a friend and her uh hometown and we're going to go to a wedding tomorrow night a dance and tonight we're gonna probably go to a firehouse street dance <laughs> you're dancing huh <laughs> <laughs> we're dancing yeah. imagine that yeah. uh, flightworks is going out dancing tonight tomorrow night imagine that yeah <laughs> that's great cool yeah what about you oh you know it's been a hot week so i've just been trying to keep myself cool in the pool uh, <laughs> yep loving the garden there's a couple of baby sweet tomatoes are coming in that's nice uh i got nice. cucumbers coming out my ears <laughs> well, all good problems to have you know all good problems to have exactly 
I finally got some beans. What kind of beans? Some green beans. Green beans. The kinds you count at work? Yellow or? beans. Yeah, no actual beans. The like, real stuff. Like real green beans <laughs> and real wax beans. So Awesome. Yep. So um, I brought them along for my my friend. Becky's a vegetarian, so she'll nice. appreciate that. You get any canning done? Are you kidding me? You wouldn't have time to can when you got dancing to do. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, not yet. No canning yet. I won't can until probably... Well, I usually do it about the end of the month. So yeah, maybe in a week or two. All right. Very good. Got to get excited about that. That's fun. Good fun. Yes. Well, uh, what's going on next week? Next week we, we have, have Nikki Knight. Nikki. Next week, is the 4th of be... August. Can't wait for that. We've been waiting a while for her to come on. So She's going to be next week on the 4th, and then we have Kit Kat coming on the 11th. Meow. I like yes. that. Yes. Nikki, it's going to be a great night. She's here tonight. We haven't seen her in a while. I saw her, yes. That's awesome. We're excited. It has been a while since we talked about that, hasn't it? What's it been, like two, yes. three months since we signed that up? And Yeah, it must. It might have been. I mean, we've we've been booked out since we started, actually, so it's hard to tell, <laughs> you know. And then Kit Kat. Yes. We had to reschedule her a couple times. So we're glad that she's going to be on, on the 11th. Fantastic. We're looking forward yes. to it. Yes. And our guest tonight, Tammy. Sweet tea. Let's welcome Tammy in tonight. Tammy, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? I've already heard that. <laughs> <laughs> doing great. Hi, everybody. Hello. Uh, We're better now that you're here. That's right. Oh, thank you. Great to that's have right. you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. So, I just love this Zoom thing we got going on here. You guys can't <laughs> see all this, but it's just <laughs> awesome to be able to see everybody. Now, I haven't seen Tam since uh, Missouri in 2021. 2021. Yeah. So you guys did met. the first Bards Fest together, huh? Yes. We Very worked nice. the, the front lines of the registration, and anybody who was there on Thursday knows exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> we powered through. No That's drama, right. though. We didn't have any drama. I that know. Was that was a it war was zone, awesome. huh? It was awesome. Yeah. It, it was, was peace, awesome. It was peace awesome. In, the, in, the, in the hurricane. <laughs> it was. You guys, nice. there's a hurricane? You guys had, tell me about this. <laughs> Well, we, we had some rain, but no hurricanes. Let me tell you, though, when the, the first day, there was just a little misunderstanding. And those of us that were going to be at the front doing it, you know, checking everybody in and telling them where to go and all that and the scanning tickets and donations, whatever. We were supposed to be there at a certain time and the doors were supposed to be open at a certain time. And. We got there and it, there was a misunderstanding and the doors were open first before yes. we all got there. So when I walked in, I'm like, oh my goodness, there's like 500 people in line, you know, <laughs> but everybody just picked up. First, we had to go in and learn exactly what we were supposed to do. And then we all hit the line and everybody, it, it was a blessing. People would stop and pray for you. You'd introduce yourself. You met so many people there wasn't an angry person anywhere everybody was happy everybody was like-minded you know and it it, it was, was awesome it was awesome yeah, <laughs> exactly it was. it was awesome and that's yeah. the kind of atmosphere you'd expect at a bars fest isn't it yes yeah, yeah absolutely it kind of in a way gives everywhere. you a glimpse of what i mean it was not a battle or anything but it does give you a glimpse of what your battle mates will be like yeah. you know mm -hmm. like because we did all just, we just were where we needed to be and just chipped in and we got it done. We get her done. That's what we say up in Minnesota. Get her done. <laughs> we say that in Texas. Too, yeah, I'm man. sure. Yeah, I'm sure. You probably, <laughs> probably came from Texas. I did. <laughs> and then so, Tam, are you going to the next Bards Fest? Are you going to uh, yeah. Kansas? Yeah. Okay. We will be going to Kansas. Yes. Very nice. Yes. Nice. I'm excited. Yeah, Lee guys too. both look excited. Mary's giddy. She's like ready to pack her I bags can't wait. now. <laughs> I can't wait. There's going to be some massive hugs going on with a lot of people. So oh, that's great. 
Great to see yeah. you guys so excited. You're going too, Ron, right? I would love to, but I, I don't oh, think it's not. in the cards I, I couldn't remember me. if you were going to be able to go or not. Yeah, it's a little tough for me, but one day. It's one of my yeah, dreams. It's on my bucket list. Bards Fest. On your bucket list. <laughs> Bards Fest bucket list. That's it. That's right. Yeah. I might have to organize a Michigan one. Uh, Matt from Michigan and I were talking, and uh, Matt's got a big old farm, and 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 he's he's talked about maybe doing something too. So we got a lot. We got a group here in Michigan, and then if you go to the Midwest, mm-hmm. we got a mess of people here in the Midwest. So we definitely warrant one. We've got enough people to to have a good time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so. Maybe it's in the cards for the future. We'll see. We'll just have to wait for the Lord on that one. <laughs> yeah. You know how it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just uh, be patient and steadfast and uh, wait for that moment. Exactly. Well, great. Uh, we're going to get into it right away. We're going to do your testimony first. We'll have an opening prayer, unless there's anything else you guys can think about. Yeah. Okay. Pray on. All, All right. right. Let's bow our heads, everybody. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing each and every one of us to be here today. I know that everyone is here for for a good cause, and thank you for bringing us all here together. Lord, it is you that we glorify and praise, because without you, we, we would be lost. And we're so grateful that you found us, and we're all here tonight for you, Lord, to worship you and to spread the gospel of Jesus, your Son. Lord, we pray for sweet tea tonight. We, we pray for Tammy. We pray that the words that you give her will encourage believers. We pray that the words you give her will draw the lost towards you, Lord, towards salvation. And we pray for salvation for anyone out there who's listening that's not saved. Uh, thank you for each and every one of you that's that's here tonight. Lord, thank you for... Jesus, thank you for that sacrificial lamb on the cross that died for us, that shed his blood, that saved each and every one of us. That's one of the biggest reasons why we're here today here, Lord, is to celebrate our love for you and Jesus. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to serve you and to do your work. What a blessing it is to say yes to Jesus. And in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ryan. Amen. So, Tam? Yes. I could tell by that big smile that you love Jesus. <laughs> I do. I, do. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him. That's one of the nicest things about Zooms. My co-host had to talk me into Zoom because I was like, yeah, do we really need it? I mean, I, or just voices here, but um, it's it really is something to see the faces of the people you're talking to because you just see the joy and the love of Jesus in them. And, and you know, they're here for the right reason. And, uh, mm. and thank you for being here. Thank you. You're definitely thank a good you. fit for us. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. So, uh, to our listeners, okay. this is Tam. This is sweet tea. She's going to give her testimony. Tammy, tell us what Jesus, tell us what God has done in your life. All righty. I'm just, I'm just going to start off and, and kind of tell everybody, Oh, I've been preparing because that has a lot to do with today. Um, back when Echoes, Jennifer Renee, you know, uh, I helped her a little bit and she had asked me to give a testimony. And I wasn't, I wasn't ready then. I wasn't ready at all. And we ended up talking, you know, for 90 minutes and hoo-ha. And, and it was great experience to not be nervous and, and learn how to talk. But over the course of the last couple of years, and that was a, at least a couple of years ago, but it's been on my mind before Mary even brought it up and it would keep me up at night. I would wake up at night and think of things, you know, and I would, I would keep a journal and I would write it down. And then when I committed to giving a testimony, it has been going through in the preparation of going through absolutely everything in your life, repenting again, yeah. remembering things that you forgot, accepting forgiveness where maybe you've fallen short before, um, just the 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 process of preparation. I'm not going to give you guys a book. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pull key points out, but but the heat the the preparation was the healing part for me. And tonight, I'm just praying for complete complete healing to continue and grow for it. So, 
I'm just going to start out. I was born and raised in Comanche, Texas. It's a northwest central town farming community. My dad was a peanut farmer. Everybody here was a peanut farmer back then. Um, I was raised in a wonderful home. Mom and dad were Christians and brought me up that way. My brothers are 11 and seven years older than I am. So I was truly the baby girl and the light of my daddy's eye. And my mother was one of the most godly women I believe I've ever met. She lived, breathed, everything was God. And that's how she lived. And that's how she brought me up. Excuse me, just a minute. Anyway, uh, I remember tabern Tabernacle and Tent Revivals. We went to revivals a lot. Um, and I was very shy. I know that's hard for you that know me to believe, but but I was very shy. I would hold on to mother's leg or her hand. I would not let her go. But that was, it, it was a wonderful childhood. And everything that's going on in this world, when you reflect back on that, I am so blessed to have had both parents, a family, grandparents, aunts and uncles that believed in God and raised all of us to be that way. So we were, inter I mean, I didn't know anything different. Sheltered, yes, I was very sheltered, so it wasn't worldly, but it was a simple good life, which I think we're all trying to get back to. And there was a revival at our small church when I was nine, and it was full. Our little church was full. And at the end, and I, I remember this song because Billy Graham always played these songs, just as I am was, was played. And I let go of my mother's hand, and I took off. That was huge. So she knew something was working. And I went and told the pastor that I wanted Jesus in my heart. And uh, of course, you know, they, they go through the questions and all of that. And I was baptized the next, next weekend at the church. We did full submission. I was raised Baptist. And uh, life was great. I mean, I was studying the Bible, a young child. Uh, everything was good. I couldn't have asked for anything to be better. Um, when age about 15 hit, you know, well, so does everything else. You stray, you decide that you know more than anybody and your parents certainly don't know anything. And that's when the beginning of, of losing my foundation started. Um, and I don't, I still haven't figured out to this day when I was in school, junior high, high school, this started in junior high, insecurities. I don't know why I was so insecure. My dad didn't raise me to be insecure. He always said, you can do anything you want to do. You can be anything you want to be. He was so, you know, my biggest cheerleader. And I don't, I don't know where that came from, but we, you know how that works. So I was scared to go to college. I didn't want to leave home and go to the city and be in college. That was too scary for me. I was just scared. I didn't know what to do. But instead of telling my mom and dad that, I just was rebellious and it wasn't very nice. And, you know, hanging out with the crowds of drinking and doing stuff you're not supposed to be doing. And a new family moved into town, <clears throat> excuse me, my senior year. And he was a good looking guy. He paid attention to me. He was a year older than I am. And we ended up getting married on my 18th birthday because daddy said no. So I said, well, I'll just show you. We got <laughs> married on my 18th birthday. And my daddy said, you know, you really weren't born till 11 o'clock. And I said, you know, I'll be happy to wait till 11 o'clock. It doesn't matter. And I, you know, I look back and I was just so mean and ugly, but we do mean and ugly things. Yeah. But we got married and moved to West Texas and I was entirely too young to be married. I don't, I'm, I wasn't in love. I just wanted to get out, you know, and when you're that age and you live in a small town, you want to get out and do something. But yet I was afraid to do something meaningful, like go to college and do something that was worthwhile. And daddy actually set us both down and he said, I will pay for both of you to go to college if you just won't get married. Well, we didn't go for that. So anyway, we got married, and um, as far as I knew, everything was fine. And when you leave a home that's a good, stable home and then go into a marriage at 18, you try to become, well, I try to become what, I, what my mother was. 
cook, clean, you know, you to do all the stuff, you know, wait on him hand and foot, which is probably not the healthiest thing in the in the world to do. But um it, within a year or so he he was he had found another woman and that absolutely broke me because I'd never been around divorce, never never heard of it, you know. When you got married, you stayed married, you had children, you you did what you were supposed to do. So that was that was life altering for me. And the insecurities grew immensely at this point because I had absolutely no confidence. I thought, well, what did I do wrong? Well, of course it wasn't just him and it wasn't just me. It was both of us. It takes two to to make a marriage work. So we divorced and um, you know. I, I, I was hurt and I saw it, you know, when you're living in West Texas in a country and Western town, you go dancing, you go to bars and, you know, that was, that was my life. I just, my insecurities and my lack of confidence, I did know how to get attention in one way. I'm a woman. So, um, drinking, lust, sex. I mean, that worked for me and uh, not a healthy, not a healthy combination. So uh, I, I had started taking classes, classes at um, a college in Big Spring, Texas. I'll just go ahead and say where that was. Um, and I met uh, assistant director of continuing education, completely different breed of men that I had ever been around, you know, slacks and shoes instead of boots and jeans and hats. And he was he he was different. It intrigued me. And I thought, oh my goodness, look, a really nice guy. Well, unbeknownst to me, the little sheltered, really ignorant girl to the world, he was a narcissist and I was just the perfect prey for somebody like this. And I ate it up and I fell hook, line, and sinker. And I'll also take responsibility for that because it was my choice. <clears throat> but uh, we started going out, and the first year was everything I could ask for. I mean, I felt like I was being treated like a lady. I didn't know that I was being manipulated verbally, mentally, and and within the year, I was pretty isolated. I had isolated from most of my friends, did whatever he said, whenever he said. I didn't necessarily tell my mom and dad about this particular relationship in detail, but um, I got pregnant. And there was no conversation about it. The The conversation was termination. And um, <clears throat> it's pretty sad to me that I didn't even question um, being something like that about my body, my baby. And <clears throat> so that is exactly what happened. Terminated pregnancy. Yeah. After that, um, the abuse, the mental the mental, verbal, it became physical and it got really bad. Um, he was good though. You couldn't see signs of abuse unless I told somebody this was a pillar of the community guy. He was a teacher. He was a he was a stand-up guy. Who am I, some little girl that's gonna go tell somebody what's going on? So long story short, a friend of mine was moving to Houston. They had lost their mother and they were moving to Houston to be with their sisters taking their dad and and moving to houston so i was like count me in i'm gone and of course i didn't tell my mother and daddy any of this about the pregnancy about the abuse about any of that my daddy would have it would not have been good and and i just and it was my fault so you know that was a another another issue but anyway i moved to houston and lived there and opportunities were good and I, I was successful at what I did. I had good jobs. I worked hard, but my, my mind was shallow thinking. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was still seeking something. Well, we know what I was seeking. I was seeking God. I, right. I had left him behind, but that's not what I wanted. So I had good job. I worked hard, but we also partied really hard. And things were good. I mean, I was working hard. Um, life was really good, though. I mean, I was being successful. Yes, we were going out to bars, drinking and dancing, but it wasn't, it was just life for a 20, 
30 year old woman, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't out of control at this point. So, um, I got pregnant in 1991 and I was excited. I thought it doesn't matter if this guy wants the baby or not, this is going to be great. Well, it wasn't a viable pregnancy. It was uh, ectopic tubal pregnancy. And my doctor told me that. And I'm like, no, you, I don't even know what that means. There's no way. Well, we did blood work, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's in your tube. And I did not want to believe it. And anyway, needless to say, I lost one tube. Two years later, I got pregnant again. Same situation. So I lost the other tube. And my doctor told me, he said, you have had so much. He said, well, first, your choice of the abortion and the ovarian cysts that you've had all your life, you know, you just have so much damage. And that's why that happened in the first place. So at this point, um, I'm never going to have children. I wanted children and I'm never going to have children. So I'm really just, you know, I'm a failure. I had my first marriage. It failed. You know, I can't keep a man happy. You know, you go through all of this, this drama that, that we bring on ourselves when all really I had to do was reach out and say, Jesus, help me. And, uh, and I didn't, and I didn't, but in 1998, my mother, um, she was diagnosed with, uh, colon cancer. And that was a big wake up call for me. And it brought me closer to mother and daddy again because I had stepped away. I was living in the city. I'm a city girl. I don't need you country people. You know, that mentality that, that some of us get when we're just being stupid. And um, the relationship really grew then. She was uh, she had operation, cancer-free. And 2000, 2002, that came back. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, That came back, and my dad was taking her. And what the doctor said was, it's too near the portal vein to to operate. So she was doing treatment. Well, my brother, my oldest brother, Randy, was diagnosed with throat cancer. And I'm like, okay, good night. Mm, so wow. I was helping him. So I had I had landed a really big. I was in sales, and I landed a really big account. I was able to to meet him in in Temple, which is in between Houston and, and where he lived. And Monday through Friday, I'd take him for radiation. We did that about three months and he's fixing to be 72 and he's doing great. So it was a wow. wonderful time, but there was a lot going on right then. And also, by the way, I had married husband number two at age 42 in 2004. Mm -hmm. So 2004, Randy is healed and he's doing well. Mother is 2004 were to the end of 2003 they're like okay there's not anything else that you can do and my mother was she was fine with that she wasn't worried about dying she knew exactly where she was going to go but she was concerned not so much for me and my older brother but for my middle brother mm -hmm. and so my mother held on until april the 23rd of that year she was fighting and but that that was that was all God because that was a blessing. We we grew as a family. I think we all I know we all grew closer to God, and the 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 beautiful memories that I have. Um, I, I I was at home with her, and she had I don't remember the name of the book. I wish I could remember, but she had gotten a book back the the first time she got cancer and it was about a mother and a daughter and their relationship well i hadn't read that book and she bought them and gave them out but i read it during during this time at home with her and every night when i would go to bed i also kept a journal i had scripture and then a journal and i would read this little book and everything that my mom and i had gone through that day that was what happened in the chapter of the book it was the uh -huh. most amazing walk and i'm like okay Hello, hello, God. I know. You know it's, it's like, I mean, God was just, he's always been huge. I never, ever, he never left me from the time that I was saved when I was nine. He never left me. I, I left him, but he never left me. If it wasn't for him, I would not be here today. And my favorite verse is, you know, I'm saved by grace through faith. And 
that is that was that is where my my walk began strong again um i found a beautiful book i showed you earlier and i was actually shocked when i found it because i was really into the bible and scriptures and i was keeping notes you know my to-do list and how i was you know my my things that i was going to change with that current husband at the time and it, it, i was i was blown away by the book because i'm like holy cow i don't remember doing that but um anyway i, I, I okay um so mother passed away in 2004 and I was still married, went back to Houston and we moved my dad. He, he wanted me home so bad. And, and I thank God every day that he did. But before we moved back, I had a complete hysterectomy. Finally, after not being able to have children and all the complications that I'd been having, I finally had that done. So the year of 2004 was a year of full depression, full pity party, full diving into um reconnecting with god but then on the other hand then i'd pull back into that pity party and that depression thing you know <clears throat> so anyway moved back home in 2005 oh, i was so happy to be home back in a small country town which i couldn't believe but my daddy my dad i am such my father's daughter i had a pretty big mouth on me and he <laughs> I'm so much more like my dad than my mom. And I went to a waitress in one of the cafes just to get reacquainted with everybody again. And daddy was so proud. He, you know, I'd be flitting all about. And daddy was just, he was my hero. I love my dad. But I got to go full circle with him. And, and that was the biggest thing. And all the shallow minded living and the walking away from God that I did in Houston and all the, the destructive, self-destructive behavior that I did. When I got back to Comanche, things really took a different turn. And I got into the medical field and that was a blessing. And dad was a really bad diabetic. He had to have a surgery that basically he couldn't stay alone. He just, you know, he couldn't take his meds, couldn't do this, couldn't do that. So I hired somebody at first and I kept working at the hospital and then she had to leave so i moved in and my brothers were like you sure you want to do this i'm like he's my dad i am not gonna not do this you know so i was able to keep him at home for a little over a year and then he didn't have alzheimer's he didn't have dementia but when you're a, a young woman taking your dad's independence away at 81 he's not real happy about it so i, I kind of became the target not 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 physical at all but it was probably going to go that way so one of the appointments the doctor said this you're it you know we're gonna have to put him in a, in a place and he had talked to me over the years you know if i ever have to go somewhere i want to go into a va facility so we did we honored his wishes we put him in big spring ironic that i used to live there it was a beautiful facility it was nice and he lasted about nine months there before they kicked him out so <laughs> Oh boy. He was a little, he was honorary, but he would target, you know, certain people. And it was just, and one doctor, one of his doctors told me, he said, his blood sugar going so low after his surgery, it's like a diabetic psychosis. There was just one aspect that he had wrong, and that was his war history. And everything revolved around the war which we'd never even heard about. I mean, we knew he was in World War II, but we didn't hear a lot about it. But anyway, it was just a, just a fluke, kind of how that mm -hmm. went. But anyway, my brothers had promised him they would not put him in the nursing home back here at home. It was just, you know, we promised we wouldn't do that. Well, meanwhile, I had left the hospital, went to CNA school, and, and I went I went to work at the nursing home. And I, I have no doubt that God put me in the healthcare industry first and then that pathway because then and i i was signed up had everything ready to go for nursing school and it, it god kept nudging me this is not what i want you to do you're right where you need to be and and i was i mean gary's oh wait my current husband that i met in 2011 i'm now married to him we celebrated our ninth anniversary uh two days ago 
So oh, sorry. Congratulations. I about Thank you very much. And he, you know, I wasn't looking, he wasn't looking. It was one of those situations where you're in the, on Sundays, we used to go to this little place that had dancing. Oh goodness. I'm going to say a senior citizen place to go dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't a senior citizen then at that time, but, uh, Anyway, I met him, and there was, there, there was no big conversation. We just were, and we are, and and it was perfect. And my mom had given me years ago. It was a beautiful letter, and it was written from, from God to a young woman, and it talked about you know, meanwhile, while I am preparing a man for you, fall in love with me, trust solely on me, depend on me. And I wish I had it. We lost it in a flood. But it was the most beautiful letter. I never really understood what that meant until I met Gary. And that's exactly what it was. All this time, he was preparing that man for me. Goodness, how they had the patience to wait. That would have been wonderful. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, and he went to school with my older brother. He knew my whole family. It was just him and I didn't know each other. But living in... Living in Comanche and getting to take care of not only my dad, Gary's sister, everybody in the nursing home I knew. So it was it was a blessing to learn that you you can take all the self-destructive stuff that you've done and God turned everything around for me. He turned it into love and joy. And I truly believe that that one of the gifts that he gave me is is caregiving. Hospice is a big passion of mine, and, and it's only because of him that I'm able to do that. And I want to talk about, you know, the, the three things I really wanted to talk about tonight were the insecurities, which is lack of confidence, and I think we cover that pretty much for the most part. And when I get down and out, I really try to use my words, my words, because words are so powerful. What we speak comes to fruition, and we can speak positive loving things or we can get mad and pissed off and say the other stuff and it usually doesn't come out well yeah and you know pride for me when i when i when i either had lack of confidence and then when i say did well in, in houston say you know in sales landing a big account or whatever then the pride you know so you've got this 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 up and down journey that you're going and one time in houston um, I had, I had taken a, a course on Saturdays for a year. I wanted to be a counselor intern. I thought, ah, this is great. You know, I've used drugs. I've done cocaine. I've drank too much. I've done this. So this will be great. I can go to school. I can get another something under my belt. Well, that was the stupidest thing in the world. It was good experience, but in the mentality that I was in then, I can just see me sitting as a counselor intern with a good looking man across the table that wants to work me like a fiddle, you know, and I would fall <laughs> yes. hook, line and sinker. Yeah. So that obviously didn't work. But you talk about during that, that school, you learned that when, and, and this goes with depression, anxiety, overeating, drugs, alcohol, in my opinion, when, when you get off or you get good or off or however you want to put it. Like if you get off of drugs and you're high and let's say that you found, found God and Jesus and you get really high. And I mean, you're, you're preaching, you're, you're the cheerleader for God. You love him. And then when things level out, things level out and the line becomes straight and life becomes boring and mundane. And that is overeaters, drug addicts, Christians, we all do yes. that. Yep, and exactly. we fall back into the, oh, well, this is not as much fun as I thought it would be. That high didn't last forever, you know? And, you know, back in the years when I, when I used to do cocaine, I, you know, and, and they teach you this in school. It's that first line that you ever do, you will never get that same high. And that is so true. And we put ourselves through so very much. And I, I don't even know why. Are we just that stupid sometimes? I know I was, but but the depression, I wanted to talk about depression a little bit. The drugs and alcohol and everything, you know, I use that to escape, to give me confidence. Well, that's 
not going to work because it doesn't give you confidence except for a very temporary amount of time. But depression, you know, there were times that I would go to bed on Friday and not get up till, you know, time to go to work on Monday and sleep. And, and that's just not not normal. And my doctor said, well, you suffer from depression. Well, I fell once again, hook, line, and sinker. And meds, I can't even begin to tell you the meds that I've been on over the last, you know, over the years before I came home. And I guess it was about three, two or three years ago, I had waned off quite a few and, you know, finding bards and waking up and hearing all the, the true stuff. I went to my doctor a couple of years ago and I'm like, look, I want to go over every single thing and I want to figure out number one why I'm on it and I want to get off of it. And it's it's been a long, long process. and and I'm down to, I'm down to everything. I think I've got two. Praise but God. They're, awesome. they're for health reasons, not your mind anymore. So I'm still in the process of getting to learn who I really am. And the big thing to me, and I have a little book my brother gave me, and it's a tiny little book. It's called Hung by the Tongue. I think I've seen Yes, it. yes. It, <laughs> I tell you what, that is my little go-to because the words that we speak, I can talk good or I can talk bad. You know, when my back hurts or when my other physical problems ail me, I can talk myself right down into my pity party that I am so famous for. And it works. It will always work. But I can, you know, there are things that I have to do that that will make me better as far as physical and stuff. And I know what that is. I know my body pretty well, but, but working and talking, working with your mouth and talking with your mouth. And I think one of the biggest things um, we say, we, and we all say this, Scott Duncan, I think we all say, you know, love, love folks where they, where they are. I think we yeah. need to love that to ourselves, and we must, we must love us where we are and accept yes. that we have room for growth. Yeah. And, Another thing, I, and I don't think I've mentioned this, you know, always in the, in the book that I found, I prayed to God a lot. And I did not, and I'm not really sure, but I did not understand the complete personal, personal, test, uh, personal relationship with, with Jesus. You know, where you just talk, where, you know, he's with you all the time. And, of course, I probably wasn't open to hearing it at that time either. But... That has been the biggest thing is learning the personal relationship with Jesus. I can talk to him anytime, anywhere, in my mind, in my thoughts. It, it doesn't matter. And, you know, our big thing now is spreading Jesus. We need to speak Jesus to everybody. Yes. And it makes a difference. And Jennifer Renee has been really, really big in, in my life. Um, I, she was the very first person that I met at Bards, Bards Fest. And she has pushed me to limits that I never thought necessary, not pushed. I'm, that's the wrong word. She has encouraged, invited, encouraged. Yeah. yes, she's been in, in, in her. And in, in if anybody that knows Jennifer, her love is real raw and there is nothing that is not pure in, in her yes. because father God is, is she just, that's, that's how she is. Yes. And because of her encouragement, it's, it's made me want to do better. So, and I think that's what we all want to do. Um, and learning that Jesus and God have to be first and foremost before your husband, before anybody. And Mary, as you, as you know that well with all your situations and Ron, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. But when you understand and, and the beauty of it all, it is, it is such a beautiful gift. And something that, that, that Father put in my heart, and this, is, this has been a while back. I was trying to go to sleep one night and he was like, you know, you just talked too much over the years. You just talked too much <laughs> over the years. And I did. I used to love to talk about me, 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 me. Listen mm -hmm. to what I did. You know, that boasting and that pride, all that pride stuff. Yeah. And so sometimes, and Jennifer talks about this a lot. She's like, I'm going to go be still with father. And I finally know what that means. Yes. And it's it's good to just go away and be still. And there are times when things are not not the way I, things are out of sync. It's time to go be still and be with Jesus and just let him fill you up. 
Yeah. And that's that's exactly where I'm at right now. I just want to I just want to be filled up with Jesus. And I just want to tell everybody. <laughs> that's a great place to be. It is. That's a great place to be, isn't it? I but totally I, get, I get that about mm -hmm. the stillness and um I'm finding that too that that I'm realizing the need for that more and mm -hmm. more and just even just in the simple fact of unplugging sometimes but yeah. then going beyond the unplugging and just listening and waiting for God to for what he has to say into your life and you know that patience is hard with people but it's it's hard with the Lord too you know it, it is and that and I and you're right and I think that's one of the hardest things and I I have found that going outside and watching the birds and the squirrels and nature and and I am so blessed to live in a rural beautiful place that that yeah. has all of that where you can ground and get your feet in the dirt and just soak it up and, and you, there is just no way you cannot feel him you know people that yeah. say they don't believe in in Jesus how can they not you yeah. know Scott's played some really good good uh clips lately that one I think yesterday I bended knee but I just there's so much there's so much out there and and in my opinion we just we are nothing without them you, you know that oh yeah for sure 